0: What is up everybody? Welcome into this Friday episode of Flippin' Bats. We got a lot of stuff coming at you. Making a statement. Is Shohei Otani leaves the Angels? Is Mike Trout out as well? Are the Yankees in trouble? We got things that make you go, hmm, tale of the tape. This one's going to be a blast. Let's get to it. It's
1: a pull out. Hit in 10-3. The bases are loaded for Verlander who waits out in the real <laughs>
0: swings and it's a high fly ball deep center field it is gone home run and a huge backflip to celebrate all right ben start the show already what is up my friends happy friday to everyone listening and watching this is going to be a blast of an episode everything i mentioned alex as well as tale of the tape mets and braves Oof. a great series we got coming up but alex i need to ask you what? Yesterday. NFL draft, we did our we did our our draft if, as if we were starting a franchise, starting from scratch. We did a draft, and I had a team name.
1: You blindsided me. You, I came, you came up with your team name on the spot. We didn't talk about having team your names. Your players
0: are already in shambles. You don't even have a name ready for them. What do you Figure mean? out your own team. No. Benny Batflips is ready and loaded. Okay, so now it's Friday. Do you have a team name? <sighs> did you think of one overnight?
1: Not great one. So, okay. I have two possible names, but I also want to put this out to the fans out there. I want you to help me come up with a great name. Right now, I have AC Steelers, like base Steelers. (laughs) (laughs) And then I have Curry's Crazy Kids, because in the future, they're kids. I know, they're not great, so that's why I need your help. Give me your suggestions. What should my team name be? You can use, you know, Alex... Curry, AC, Big Al, I don't know, something that goes along with, <laughs> you didn't know I was Big Al?
0: AC Steelers.
1: <laughs>
0: your team hates you. No, already. they
1: don't. My team loves me. We've
0: barely taken the field. My team loves And me. your team's in shambles. I'm the team favorite. Oh, man. All right, we got a good one today. I am excited about this, and we're starting with making a statement where Alex is going to Make a few statements yep. and I'll see what they are and how I feel about them. And uh, yeah, let's start there.
1: This is a big one. This, this is a is big one? one. The first one. Oh, the first one. Yeah. I was the like, first is this one. making a statement <laughs> yeah, bigger this than all, is a all big the others? One. <laughs> no, okay. Our first statement. If Shohei Otani leaves the Angels, Mike Trout will follow shortly after.
0: Hmm. So Mike Trout made some comments about this recently not specifically like if Shohei is gone I'm out or I'm staying but basically like whenever I come back to the east coast whenever I'm in New York or Philly like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I hear from my friends I hear from the fans like come on get out like come play over here yeah and he basically was like you know I I hear it and it gets to me more so when I'm over there than it does out I I pay more attention to it so here's my thoughts here I I know the only reason Trout is still there is because of how loyal he is, right? Oh, He's loyal been, by default. He signed the contract to play there. He wants to win a World Series there and he has been very vocal as much. And recently he was asked by Ken Rosenthal about this on The Fox Game and Trout said, "I signed the contract to play here. Mm-hmm. My goal is to win a World Series here." And that's great. But if if this team this year gets to the point where Shohei Ohtani either gets traded or walks at the end of the year, right? If they're out of contention at the trade deadline, which I don't believe is going to be the case, you got to trade Shohei. And if they don't make the playoffs, by all accounts, what we've heard is he's gone. Yeah. So then if you lose Shohei, you almost have to start over. You you almost have like, – are you are you starting over with Mike Trout who's current like on the back end of his prime I would say 31 32 do you, do you start there or do you, do you go to him and do every baseball fan a service in the entire world and say Mike we have we we will not have Shohei back we have to kind of start over yeah. and we want you to go win we, we we want you, we're gonna go through you a, deserve to win right. We, we, we you, we're gonna go through a rebuild. Yeah. And we don't think you deserve to go through that rebuild with us. And that's sort of like what happened in in Detroit when, when Justin was leaving but yeah. wanted to stay with the Tigers, but they were basically like we're going through a rebuild and he is like well okay and then he ends up moving on and that's that's this that's what comes to mind for me here is if they go through a full rebuild is mike trout supposed to just go through that with them i don't i don't think so
1: mike trout is 31 years old yeah okay he's still young and still one of the greatest players in the game but as you mentioned on the back end of his prime yeah can you imagine what the angels would get what a team would give up in a trade for someone like Shohei Ohtani and Mike Trout. Now, are you getting the entire farm system plus one to two star players? Are you getting like a whole rack of already great Major League Baseball players that are like in the league right now? Like it is going to be mind blowing what the Angels could get for either of those players, let alone both of them.
0: This this won't happen, but it's fun to think about. Yeah, a trade like what if a trade involved both Trout and Shohei? At the trade deadline. Like, what if the Angels go that stretch they went on last year where they lost like fourteen in a row? And then at the trade deadline, they're under five hundred and they're like, We gotta we gotta redo it. We gotta restart. Trout, he has a the the contract there, the no trade clause. Like Trout, are you okay moving on? Imagine a trade with both Shohei and Trout. It would look unlike anything we've ever seen before. It's not like, oh, just give them the whole minor league system. No, it's yeah. like your big league young stars. Yep. You know, we're talking like we're talking like big league stars, all stars, multiple getting traded for these guys on top of like your number 1 and 2 prospect. It would be it would be wild, but you'd have to like to get a Shohei and Trout, you'd have to give up like Ronald Acuna and Austin Riley, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like something like that. Like, it'd be crazy. Hypothetical speaking here. I'm not saying the Braves are like, they should trade Ronald Acuna. Yeah. I love Ronnie, but I digress. Uh, I think this is, I think this is true, but I don't think it's next year. I think if Shohei leaves within the next three years, Trout's gone.
1: That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. He deserves, he deserves to win and be playing in the postseason. Whatever that looks like. If it's with the Angels or another team. Okay. Onto our next statement, Ben. Yep. The Yankees are in trouble.
0: I'm gonna say false. Okay. This is not. This is not true. The Yankees are 14 and 11, and they're not playing good baseball. Mm-hmm. That I th- that I think speaks volumes to how good the team
1: is. <laughs> I just, it's just a bunch of whiffs. <laughs> the Yankees lineup. This is. That's great.
0: Uh, They're 14 and 11. They're not playing good baseball. Their second best pitcher hasn't pitched yet this year, which apparently we've finally gotten some signs that he's heading in the right direction towards coming back in Carlos Rodon. Um, Judge isn't hitting as well as I think he will this year. Anthony Volpe appears to be heating up. I did a a couple weeks ago. He was my one down. I said, just give Anthony Volpe time. He's a star and he'll be fine. He has been, and he's been pretty good of late, so he's playing better. I think the Yankees, being at 14-11 and 11 with their struggles, this is why this question is being asked because, what, they just lost the first series to the Twins since 01? Since
1: 2000, and they're fourth in the East right now? Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: – so that's why we're talking about this but you look at it and they're 14 and 11 not playing great baseball to me that says more about the team and how good they are than their struggles right now saying how bad they
1: are okay not concerned not concerned all right moving on to our next statement the mariners still have a top five rotation without Robbie Ray
0: this sucks Mm -hmm. Robbie Ray announced out for the year that's a big blow that's a huge blow and coming off two years removed from a Cy Young award in the American league. And then last year had a down near by his standards, had some flashes of being really good, but you know, just not the best year for him, but that guy's still in there and now the injury and he's out for the year. So this rotation that I was so high on, And as a reason that I said, they'd make the playoffs and have the potential to make a pretty deep run in the playoffs takes a big hit. So are the Mariners still a top five rotation with Castillo, Robbie Ray, Gilbert, George Kirby, I would have said yes. Without Robbie Ray, we're looking at Luis Castillo. Great. Top tier. Logan Gilbert, who this year has been okay. George Kirby, same boat, and then you, Chris Flexen and Marco Gonzalez is what I guess. Um, no, yeah, no, sadly, and that sucks because this team was like built around their dominant staff. Um, but let's say Logan Gilbert, even I, I think Logan Gilbert figures it out, and his last start, um, from what I saw, and his new splitter, it looks really good. I think we could be seeing Logan Gilbert figuring it out and becoming dominant from now on but even still Luis Castillo Logan Gilbert and then say you get a good George Kirby Chris Flexen, and Marco Gonzalez or whatever they're going to run out in 4-5 does not give me top five rotation vibes
1: I think the hardest part is the loss in his leadership not only just having his arm in the rotation but you talked about this a lot with your brother Justin Verlander and just what he meant to even like the Astros rotation just having Having a veteran like that with that experience, with with a Cy Young award, and really taking those younger guys under their wing. And Robbie Ray was really taking Logan Gilbert and George Kirby under his wing. So just not even having his arm there on the field, I think it's going to be a huge loss not having his presence there in the clubhouse and in the dugout.
0: Yeah, and, and to your point, I imagine he'll still be there much of the time, but he probably won't go on road trips. Um, he'll be in the dugout able to talk to them, but leaders lead by example, right? And unfortunately, he's not going to be able to. So I would say the Mariners are not anymore a top five rotation without Robbie Ray.
1: All right. On to our next statement. (laughs) The White Sox need to clean house. Yes. Yeah. Hell yes. Yeah.
0: And unfortunately – this starts at the top. Mm-hmm. And by the top, I'm not saying the manager, the GM, but sure there. Ownership. Ownership. Ooh. Jerry Reinsdorf oh. <laughs> has been awful for this team. And I just I it is so frustrating watching what Jerry Reinsdorf has done to this franchise, tearing it down from within hiring a manager in Tony La Russa, who everyone on planet earth knew wasn't the answer for this young, exciting team. Everyone knew that wasn't the answer, but Jerry Reinsdorf hires his good pal Tony La Russa, anyway and sets the organization back a decade. I mean, it's remarkable how bad they are right now. I picked this team to win the AL central. We are A month into the season, and I was flat out wrong. This team might come in dead last in the AL Central, and they're far too talented to be doing that. This team has lots of issues, so many issues, and they knew this heading into the year. You have a team with talent, young talent that's capable of winning, but what do you do in the offseason? You go and add Andrew Benintendi and Mike Clevenger? Aside from the fact of the pitcher that Clevenger is, he's not a good clubhouse guy. We can say that at a minimum. So you have a terrible offseason. You have a team that was ready to, to bounce back and compete, but you don't do anything. And then you cancel the Sox Fest ahead of the season without any explanation. Ownership just cancels it. Nope, sorry, sends out an email, not doing Sox Fest. Why? Because Rick Hahn doesn't want to answer to the fans. Doesn't want to answer to the fans at the one time he ever talks to them before the season, where people can ask him questions hell no, he doesn't want to answer their questions because he's sending the organization in the, in the opposite direction. Their, their team, their franchise, the way that they, um, produce talent, the way that they, uh, help their talent become better and better and better is ridiculous. You have a guy in Luis Robert who is supposed to be an MVP caliber player. I think he can be, but he's not getting that. He's not taking that next jump. And it's, it's not just him, so that leads me to think this organization is just poorly run from top to bottom on the inside. This organization has two guys right now, Dylan Cease, Tim Anderson. Dylan Cease is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Tim Anderson will hit 300 rolling out of bed, but nobody else is stepping up, and, and it's a problem from within for this team. Everybody in the lineup is batting under 220. What are you doing? And it starts at the top, Alex. Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't care as much as he needs to about this team. The Pittsburgh Pirates the other day finally spent a $100 million contract on Brian Reynolds and got off of this list of now three teams in Major League Baseball that have never spent $100 million on a player contract. The A's, the Royals, and the Chicago White Sox. Jerry Reinsdorf is worth $2 billion, okay? You walked into Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Spend some money on the White Sox and do better than this fiasco that's going down on the South Side.
1: Just to put it into perspective, number-wise, the last five years, the White Sox have been in the bottom portion of all the Major League Baseball record books. The bottom. 19th best record in baseball. 21st in runs per game. 24th in home runs. 22nd. In Major League Baseball in one-run games and day games. Like, that is bad. It's bad. It's – For a big market team.
0: As you can tell, yeah. it's frustrating. It's heated. I, and I, I can't – I actually – I feel for White Sox fans. Yeah. I'm not even a White Sox fan. And I'm this passionate about how frustrating it is that this team that seemingly just can never do it right. And then their talent doesn't get produced correctly. You you hear Luis Robert? You have Frank Thomas saying Luis Robert's a six-tool player. This guy's an MVP, and he has all of that talent. But then it's just like injuries. I I think the athletic the the staff of that does with injuries. What's that staff called? I'm too fired up to even think about it? The
1: athletic uh, the trainers
0: the athletic training staff. <laughs> thank you. What are you doing? Injuries all the time. At a certain point, you think, well, maybe this player's injury-prone, but then you look around and everybody's injured all the time. It's everybody in the organization. Mm. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. I I feel for White Sox fans right now. They need a complete overhaul to answer the question of do they need to clean house? Yes, but unfortunately, the guy that needs to do it is owning the team and ain't going to clean himself.
1: Mm. Hot take.
0: Yeah.
1: I like it. You're fired up our final statement okay you mentioned them in that last statement the pirates are serious about winning
0: well so i guess i i would say the pirates are winning yeah and they're a lot of fun to watch but are they serious about winning just because they finally signed a guy to a hundred million dollar contract Brian reynolds signs the deal 106.75 million dollars with the option for 2031 am i now ready after all of these years of the pirates being an embarrassment and bob nutting not spending his money on the team am i now ready to say that they're serious about winning after this deal i'm not yet but i i could be but i need to see a lot more than this
1: but it's a step in the right direction and this is the first yes. step you have to take. As you mentioned, they they finally got out of that group of the last four teams to not spend a $100 million contract on a player. They just did that. That's a step in the right direction.
0: Yes. However, if somebody that has lied to my face ten times in a row finally tells me one truth, I'm not all of a sudden going to believe that person's a truth no, teller.
1: No, but you're like, okay, let me give you a little bit of space here.
0: Yeah. A little bit of wiggle room. It it starts your trust coming back. This was a great deal for the Pirates, and I'm happy they did it. But I need to see a lot more from Bob Nutting and this organization before I'm ready to say that they're serious about winning. And this team, right now, as we speak with the way they're playing, they are winning. So let's say they're still winning at the trade deadline. That's going to be the next step for me.
1: Okay. What can you
0: do? It's not just, hey, you have these good guys on your team. How about you sign them? Oh, great. That should have been step one. Brian Reynolds should have been a pirate for life a year or two ago. Okay? Now it becomes, oh, are you serious about winning? Guess what? We're in first place at the trade deadline, surprising everybody. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to go all in and say you believe in us? Or are you going to continue to do what you've been doing and just sell trade prospects, how are you going to handle it
1: so what do you want to see you want them to pick up a big player at the deadline that's what you want to see i would love in to that see that position i
0: baseball is i watch pirates games right now and they're so much fun yeah when pnc park who you said you've never yeah been that's there.
1: one of one if you haven't been to. one
0: of my absolute favorites it's one of the best ballparks in baseball but unfortunately for the last five plus years it's been a ghost town throughout the majority of the year because they don't have a winning product out there and i don't blame the fans one bit but look back on how good this fan base is and how good they can be. It's Pittsburgh, die hard fans, the blackout years ago. I still to this day, when somebody asked me some of the greatest baseball games of all time, I point to the blackout game, just the fan environment, everything about that. The fan base is great getting fans back and we're seeing them come back because this team is so much fun to watch. You got McCutcheon back in the mm-hmm. black and gold doing having a good year. You got Bay, who's so much fun to watch. Cabrian Hayes over at third base, who doesn't get the credit for being the best defensive third baseman in baseball. This team is great. I've loved to see it. As of right now, they're not a their roster isn't like doesn't scream playoffs. Go get somebody at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Okay? Somebody'll be out there to go get. I would love to see it, and that's how I can finally change this answer to. Are the Pirates serious about winning? They've taken a good step. Am I ready to say they're serious yet? No.
1: That's fair. And that wraps up making a statement.
0: Some passionate ones in I there today. I love
1: it. I love, like, the Friday, like, sass.
0: Oh. Yeah. Friday good. sass. It okay. is. It's good. Okay.
1: Sassy Ben on a Friday, well, which leads yeah,
0: us. completely changing <laughs> changing the tune here. Well, there might be some sass no, I mean, this in is here as well. Our
1: next uh, segment, Things That Make You Go...
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's that was better. It's better when getting I told better. You, Thank lastly, you. you. you gotta Thank get you. better with your home. Thank you. Things that make you go. Hmm. And I want to <sighs> start this week with the St. Louis Cardinals sending down their top prospect, Jordan Walker. Back to triple A. Now, this stuff happens, right? You call up guys, doesn't go well, send them down. Yes. However, Jordan Walker if you recall to start the year, had the most consecutive hits for a rookie to start his career. Uh, Historically good start. Hitting 16 of his 20 games in the big leagues with a 321 on base percentage. Is currently batting 274 with a couple of bombs. What are we doing? Why are you sending him down? He was doing just fine. As good as you expected? Maybe not. But... You say you want to send him down to fix his swing. Your team sucks right now. Let him get it. Let him fix himself at the big leagues. It's not like he's not serviceable. He's playing good baseball. What are you doing sending him down? He's your guy. You don't want to like ruin his confidence and make him think, ah, oh, no, every time I'm up at the big leagues, if I go 0 for 4 or it turns into an 0 for 8, I'm in jeopardy of getting sent down. No, you called the guy up to start the year. Believe in him. It's not like he was doing bad by any means. Let the guy play through it. Look at what the Yankees have done with Anthony Volpe. Not a good start to his career. First couple of weeks, now he's turned it on. Just let him figure it out at the big league level. I don't understand why they sent him down. It really had me going, huh?
1: He's also, like, top five in numbers for rookies right now this season. <laughs> like, he's fifth best batting average among rookies, fourth best RBI, and tied for six in home runs. Like, it's a, he's he's doing just fine.
0: Yeah, really odd.
1: And every really player weird. goes through stretches like that in a 162-game season. Yeah. That is so, normal.
0: Th- what they said is they're sending him down to figure out his swing or to, like, uh. work on his launch angle and elevating baseballs. But mm. I don't know. Hard mm. ground balls work, too. And if that's what he's doing right now, work on him on elevating baseballs in the during batting practice in the tunnel under the dugout and then take it to games. But, you know, like, I don't know. It's just yeah. weird. Yeah. It made
1: you go, hmm?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It did.
1: Yeah. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance
0: and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK systems. through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: Okay. Moving on to our next things that make you go. Hmm. <laughs> Smiley's ending to his perfect game uh, in the eighth inning by his catch. We
0: talked about this uh, Monday, I we believe. Did. And I even said if you know me, you know this is going to be put in another segment later this week. And, of course, it's this segment, Things That Make You Go. Hmm, Drew Smiley's perfect game in the eighth inning coming to an end because his catcher, Jan Gomes, bear-hugged him and took him to the ground. I mean, what just a really, really tough way to lose a perfect game. And is it anybody's fault? Honestly, I wasn't right there. But my gut reaction says it's both of their faults for not communicating. Yeah, who
1: was calling for the ball?
0: Right. It's both both of them were trying to make a play on an in-between ball. Mm-hmm. So what you gotta do is tell the other guy to get out of the way. Call it they were both making a play. Now I will say it was a harder play for Drew Smiley, being a left-handed, left-handed pitcher having to run over to the line, and then he basically has to turn and throw, where Jan Gomes behind the plate could have barehanded with his right and that catcher play, just turn and throw at the same time. They didn't communicate, and what turned out as a result was just an awful ending to a potential perfect game that looks like Yang Gomes was trying to sabotage Drew Smiley's perfect game like he just, like, punched him in the face in the dugout or something.
1: Yeah, no, that hit every emotion yeah. from shock to heartbreak. A little bit of laughter because you're like, what's going on here? Yeah. To confusion to just sadness yep. for the situation. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on to our next things that make you go, hmm. This is a high Hmm. (laughs) for this one, the flipping bats home run effect. That's a high. Hmm.
0: I, I, so I can't really explain what's happening and what started last year, two years ago, when players would come on, they'd play really well. And I would start like tweeting about it. Like, uh Oh, so-and-so came on flipping bats and now they're doing really well, but it's really become like, This, there's like something here and myself personally being a baseball player, very, very, very superstitious. So, and now these players, I I wholeheartedly, you can't, you can't dispute that it's not them coming on flipping bats, right? You can't say that it's not, and you can't argue. Let's use Rowdy Tellez for an example, who came on two weeks ago. Yeah. Cal Raleigh was this Wednesday, Corbin Carroll last week. Rowdy Tellez two weeks ago. Rowdy Tellez came on the show and had one home run at the time. Mm -hmm. One. He hit four that week and now has six home runs on the year two weeks later. That's great. Ridiculous. Corbin Carroll, who came on the show last week, this week hit 400 on the week. Also hit the ball that was the longest hit ball in Major League Baseball this year that did not go for a home run. Dylan Cease, the first guest of the year, pitched great a couple of days after he came on and is again having a good year. And I will add, these are these ones are a little trickier because one of them hasn't, the episode hasn't come out yet, but Cal Raleigh, yeah. who came out Wednesday, the day I interviewed him, he Went to the stadium immediately after the interview. Started in the game that night. Home run. Hours after he came on flipping Bats. And another spoiler, Mikey Yastrzemski, coming on the podcast here in a little bit, came on two days ago. I talked to him two days ago. That night, a couple of hours later, home run. Compared him to Babe Ruth in that episode. <laughs> since uncanny similarities between you and Babe Ruth. Left-handed hitting outfielder, Giants, you've learned from Babe Ruth. I it's the similarities are uncanny. Hits a home run that night. It's crazy. It's so cool. I love to see it. I love seeing guys around the league play well. And of course, if you come on the show, um I'm going to be rooting for you even harder and it's been really cool to see those guys.
1: That's a good promo for any player watching or likes doing media. Come on, flipping bats. Seriously, then yeah. you're gonna play real great right Seriously, after. Yeah. Okay, moving on to our next things that make you go, hmm. Mm-hmm. Major League Baseball next: the Braves' big hat home run celebration. <laughs> this is
0: wild. So, as you know, and as we've talked about a yeah. good bit, Alex, home run celebrations have taken over baseball, and I am absolutely here for it. The Braves home run celebration this year was that massive hat that we've seen kind big of big heads. Big heads, Is Yeah, that I think it's, it's like big head. Hats. We've seen them go viral a couple of places. It's not just baseball. You can make it anything, any sort of hat. Yeah. But the Braves made an Atlanta Braves big hat, and that was their home run celebration. They get in the dugout, put that on. It's great. Now it has come out on Thursday. I think this came out at minimum this week that Major League Baseball is nixing that home run celebration because the league heard complaints from New Era.
1: Their sponsor, their hat sponsor, who makes all the hats. So it's, it's a money thing. I get it. It's a business money thing. It's unfortunate. It,
0: yes, but also, like, the league, Aquafina is the water sponsor. The Orioles going to have to stop doing the dong bong because Aquafina needs them to intake <laughs> water from their water bottle. I mean, like uh. – <laughs> Come on. Let like, yeah. let the guys have their fun. Let them put on the big hat. I mean, I don't think sure, actually I would I I would wholeheartedly believe that sales for the big hat, big head, whatever you're yeah. calling it, have gone up
1: for sure because
0: the Braves are wearing that. Yeah. But I don't think New Era is losing sales on Braves hats because they're like, "Well, I'm going to get the big hat instead of my no. New Era Braves hat." No. No. It's just It's funny. in an
1: addition fun kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like how you have bobbleheads or like different things. Yeah. Like a. Like a giveaway? No, like a tchotchke. But not a tchotchke. It's like what you put what like on here. What the hell your- is a tchotchke? <laughs> Do you know what a tchotchke what? Is? <laughs> No, like if you have like your like sports No, no, wall. no, no,
0: no, no, no. Time out. What is a tchotchke?
1: A tchotchke are like tchotchke. Little, things, little things you have around your house that like. I don't know. My mom always called it that. I don't know. Is that a thing? Is that a word? I, I still don't up? know what you're talking about, so I can't agree or disagree. <laughs> I'll show you later. It's okay. like, I don't know. Okay. I don't know how to explain it. But I feel like this is like a jealousy thing from New Era. Like, sorry you didn't come up with a really cool big head hat idea. Get over it. Yeah. You're having fun. That's
0: kind of my thing. Like, you know, I don't know what I'd feel like if I'm in the New Era, like, boardrooms. and I'd probably, like, own into it and be like, Make a joke out of it, but say, like, keep buying our – like, here's our hats. But, I, you know, come on.
1: Uh, tchotchke. (laughs) I just got the definition. Great. Small decorative objects. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: decorative rather than functional.
0: Yeah, I get it. No, I was never saying you were wrong. I just didn't know what it was. It's a funny (laughs) word.
1: (laughs) A trinket. Kind of, like, similar to that. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, just them
0: nixing the Braves' home run celebration. It was like, hmm. Yeah. Come
1: on. Mm, no, get over it. Okay. Okay. We got one more. Things that make you go. Hmm. Yoshida's dumbbell celebration.
0: So explain. yes. Let me explain this. I love Masataki Yoshida. And the guy is on fire right now. Like, he had that two home run night the other night in Milwaukee, and I proclaimed it the Masataki Yoshida breakout game. And ever since. He has been going nuts. Now, every time he hits a home run, if you're watching, as you can see now, he has these inflatable dumbbells that he holds up. And I've always thought, like, okay, cool. But yeah. like, wh- why what's is there a meaning to this? I it, it literally had me going, hmm. hmm. So I did some digging.
1: Okay, what would you I find? I did some digging. What'd you I find?
0: found the greatest video of all time which explains why this is a thing okay now if you are watching you can see the video that I am referring to but I will explain it Masataki Yoshida has just come over from Japan where when he would come up to the plate the video board would play the song, Macho Macho Man, and the whole crowd would have inflatable dumbbells, and they'd all dance to it, <laughs> and they, he, they would call him Macho Man as they're playing the video of Macho Man Masataka Yoshida coming up to the plate. It was a whole thing, crowd going nuts, crowd loved it, and it all made sense. Now I get it. And okay. the dumbbells that I liked but was confused by... Yeah. It makes so much sense. I love it, and if you haven't seen the video, you need to. It's on my Twitter somewhere.
1: I didn't know they made blow up dumbbells. I feel like we need to get a lot of these home run celebrations in the studio, so like we can <laughs> Alex, use, use make, them when we do cool things. They
0: make pretty much blow up anything. <laughs> in case you haven't <laughs> <Get>
1: heard. You. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you okay, 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 yeah. okay. Okay. Let's move on.
0: Tail of the tape.
1: Yeah, what a matchup this weekend. Yep. It's. Like the NLE showdown between the Mets and the Braves. It's the game on Fox this Saturday. So yeah. we're gonna go down.
0: This is a this is a great series that I'm looking forward to. It's yeah. in New York, in Queens. So Mets Oof. are the home team here. Um we're not just gonna gloss over the fact that we did the series last weekend. And I I won that series okay. if you recall. Yeah,
1: I won the one before.
0: Right, so we're one we're on even one. there. Yep. So if we there might be some series. I have we no tie idea. Who I don't picked. know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I like that we're
1: about. not looking at who each other picked so, until Mets, here.
0: Braves, the NL East clash for the ages. First of the year, we're gonna break down offense, defense, manager, starters, and bullpen, and who has the best in each category
1: right now for this series. Right now for this for series.
0: this series.
1: Yeah. So we're going to start with the offense. Who do you have? Uh,
0: offensively, for me, it's the Atlanta Braves. Offensively, I think um, I think the Braves have the best offense in baseball. And I know right now the Rays are the Rays have the best offense in baseball right now. But I think we're going to look back at the end of the year and see the Atlanta Braves as the best offense. Uh, I love Ronald Acuna, and he is back, and he is healthy, and he's having a monster year. This is the Ronald Acuna that. Uh, one rookie of the year and almost went 40-40. So love that. Austin Riley, Matt Olson, Michael Harris. I mean, it's everywhere mm-hmm. you turn. Sean Murphy, everywhere you turn with this offense, there's a guy that absolutely rakes. So I'm going to take the Braves offense
1: we align on this one. I am also taking the Braves offense. As you mentioned, they have all of the young talent from Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley, Sean Murphy, Olsen, but their numbers are back up. They are top 10 in almost every offensive category in Major League Baseball. Third in home runs, fifth in extra base hits, eighth in batting average, third in slugging and OPS. Like They have what it takes right now to win this series. All right.
0: Neck and neck. Neck and neck. Offense goes to the Braves. Let's move on to Defense. defense defensively I am taking the New York Mets Brandon Nemo out in center field Mm -hmm. this year Brandon Nemo and his career has gone from a below average outfielder to an average outfielder to really good last year to this year playing a gold glove caliber center field Francisco Lindor at shortstop might be the best defensive shortstop in baseball if not he's in the top three um Jeff McNeil Alonzo's gotten a lot better. I'd, I'm not going to say Pete Alonzo is a better defensive first baseman than, say, Matt Olson, but he's gotten a lot better. Starling Marte, you look around that field, and I really like I like the Mets' defense a lot. They've played really good this year.
1: We're two for two on a lineup. All right. I am also taking the Mets' reasons, all Same. the players you just said, but I'll just add on to the – fact that they're red hot right now they are second they have a second best fielding percentage in major league baseball and only seven errors committed on the season which is second best in major league baseball so they they got what it takes right now all right moving on to managers who are you taking
0: i'm taking buck showalter here the mets um so now dusty baker has won his world series as a manager mm-hmm. meaning that buck showalter is now the, the winningest active manager without a World Series win. But from everything that I have heard from players and other managers and retired players, Buck Showalter is an incredible manager. Adam Jones, I believe, has been very vocal about him. Um, who else? Keith Hernandez, who I had on the show last year, legend for the Mets has said that he believes of all of all the pickups that the Mets made Buck Showalter was arguably the biggest one for how he brings a clubhouse together for what he does pushing the right buttons. So um, I do need to see it in the playoffs, but I I'm going to go with Buck Showalter.
1: (sighs) This is where we differ. I am taking the Braves Brian Snicker. And you know what? They're both great managers, okay? Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, Buck is one of the greatest of all time. However, Brian has a World Series, and he keeps getting his team better. You even said this is possibly the greatest Braves team of all time. He was 2018 Manager of the Year. He's finished top five in voting each season since. He's got a winning record. He's got the team of the future.
0: So, yeah, to – to your point, I said, I think this is the Braves' best team since the early 2000s. And John Smoltz okay. himself said, yeah. this might be the best Braves team since at least Hank Aaron, if not ever. Yeah. Which is quite the statement. All right. Moving on to starters. Yeah. The starting rotation. Um, Okay. For me, an important note, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. it's current. Yep. Right? We're going current. Current. My team of choice is the Atlanta Braves. Uh, I'm saying the Braves because of Spencer Strider and the form that he's in. I picked him to win an L. Cy Young award. Max freed who is back and in his first outing back was dominant. Charlie Morton's looked pretty good Um, for me. It's the two aces that they have that the Mets don't have right now. Strider and freed. Compared to no Scherzer and no Justin yet. Although, just doing math in my head, Scherzer might throw in this series. May 1st? 1st, Is when he's. Which is what day? That's a Monday. Monday So he won't pitch in this series. Okay. So, yeah, Strider and Freed are the cream of the crop, and I love them. So I went Braves.
1: Yeah. I also went with the Braves because Mets don't have their two top guys right now. As you mentioned, Scherzer's out till May first. Your brother, Justin Verlander, is still out, but making his his rehab outing. Is it today, Friday? Friday yes. Today. Yeah, today. So because of that, I have to go with the Braves because they're two top guys, and Strider and Freed have just looked red hot.
0: All right, I like it. That leads to our last one, Alex, which bullpen. is bullpen. Bullpen. I am gonna go with the Braves. Okay. Now, let me explain. The Mets bullpen so far this year has been good. Yeah. Um I believe actually team ERA wise they might be better than the Braves. Um I just believe in the guys that the the Braves are running out there. AJ Mentor, um, and then I, I think they have a lot of underrated arms in that bullpen and the mets missing edwin diaz they just are lacking that length in the bullpen there aren't a ton of guys that they have that they can turn to so missing edwin diaz really really just condenses the number of outs you have to get with guys in the bullpen and so far they've been okay but i'm not just going by the numbers i'm going by my feel okay You're
1: doing what I usually do, gut feel.
0: As of right now, I believe in the the Braves' bullpen more so than the Mets' bullpen.
1: All right. Well, I did the opposite, and I went with numbers, and I'm picking the Mets' bullpen because they've really stepped up with all – even the the starters that they've lost, obviously Edwin Diaz, their main guy, their closer in the bullpen, and with all of that, they have the, the eighth-best ERA in baseball. They are the best in baseball in inherited runners-scored percentage. So when runners, they come in, guys on base, yeah. they do the best of not letting them come in. Seven saves, with is the seventh most in Major League Baseball. So, yeah, I, I'm taking the Mets' bullpen. Are we tied?
0: Yeah, I think By we the both way. went – three for the Braves and two for the Mets so my question is are would you would you take the Braves in this series
1: um yeah
0: all right yeah. so I'm currently I'm looking up the scheduled starters to see oh. if I want to take the Mets. okay and so we can either we'll either be on the same side and there's no there's no wager or no. we'll be on opposite ends. Okay. so Friday okay. is Max freed against uh Peterson hmm Okay, don't love that one for the Mets. That's so advantage Braves. Braves. Okay. Strider against McGill. Nope, I'm gonna take the Braves.
1: Yeah, we're both taking the Braves. <laughs> we're both taking the Braves. Freed and this. Strider
0: start the first two games yeah. of the series. That's uh, that's tough. So um, yeah, yeah, we both went three for. We did a little differently, but yeah. we both ultimately ended up three and with two. the Braves, uh, three and the Mets at two. So that does it for this week's tale of the tape, which is a great, great series. I do believe this is this is a great series and it's the game it's on fox we can check it out there smoltz is on the call smoltz joins the podcast saturday with smoltz is you guessed it saturday so make (laughs) sure you check that out um we talk about the braves he shares some of his stories his ejection stories all three of his ejections in his career and we talked about max scherzer and that ejection and what we should do with sticky substances and how to go about those checks expansion great talk that drops tomorrow so check out Saturday with Smoltz for sure but before we wrap up this Friday show Alex little extra innings mm. and this heartwarming is a feel good yeah. story drew maji got the call up to the major leagues uh last week or really early this week after 13 years in the minor leagues 13 years over 1100 games played in the minors and almost 4,000 at-bats. Drew Maggi finally got the call and then on Wednesday night made his debut. Finally made the debut against the Dodgers and it was the coolest moment. Parents in the stands, in tears, standing ovation from the crowd, the knowledge of the fan base to to know the moment, to Mm -hmm. understand – What's happening? Baseball is so hard. And the minor leagues are a grind. And to spend 13 years there without getting that call that you have wanted so badly and have dreamed about is hard. And he finally got that call after 13 years and made his debut, came out, tipped his cap, took the moment. It was certainly a special night for Drew Maggi for his parents for mm-hmm. his teammates and honestly for fans of the game of baseball there's not a single person that was rooting for him in that at bat first pitch of the bat hits a rocket foul down the left field line and off the bat you're like there's no really seriously yeah. um and ends up ends up striking out in that at bat but it ain't about that who cares the guy the guy did it and he Drew Maji is forever a big leaguer
1: it's not often you hear of players after what 13 years have the never quit attitude. Yep. Because you get beaten down mentally, emotionally at that point. And he understood the moment. Yeah. He said when he heard his name called in the dugout, his heart just started going. <laughs> but then he was like this is the moment you've been waiting for. That's this awesome. is the moment you've been working for your entire life. And what I loved even more cuz we talked about this um in another situation The umpire understood the moment, and he stepped out of the box. He stepped out of the box when he saw the entire stadium give him a standing ovation and really take in that moment and he did and it was so beautiful it was so magical he just to have his parents there and and hearing him talk in the post-game interview of what it not only meant to him but to to his parents who have been his emotional support and his mental support throughout this entire journey to get to the big leagues was just this is what it's all about it pulled on it pulled
0: on all the right strings it was an awesome story congratulations to him and i will end this episode with his last quote because it's what we do here we pull at the heartstrings Anything is possible, he said. Never give up, no matter what you're doing. If you love something, go for it. That's what he said after the game as he was very emotional. And that does it for this Friday episode of Flippin' Bats. Remember, Saturday with Smoltz. Tomorrow. Check it out. It was an awesome conversation. He told stories about Bobby Cox and Chipper Jones and getting ejected and... Every time Smol starts telling stories, it's just I'm like a kid in a candy shop all over again. So make sure you listen to that tomorrow. Uh, thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. And you can watch every single episode on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Enjoy the weekend, everyone. Check it out tomorrow. But until tomorrow, this has been the Friday episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace.